episode four. Uh, we got Tyler Schofer. Do I have that right? Schaefer. 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 It's spelled weird. So there's no A's no. in that. No. So the O-E. It's German. So See, apparently I, there's two dots over the O, like an actual German. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, apparently that's how it's pronounced. I don't know. I mean, I have notes. <laughs> so I'm Leitzinger, which is also German. Uh, but in my defense, there is an I somewhere in there. Okay, okay, <laughs> the, okay. <laughs> the O-E is solid. Okay. Tyler Schaefer, Schaefer. Right on. Um, and we've been we've been pals for about four and a half minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The start of a great friendship here. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, as all good podcast material originates, I found you on Twitter, mm-hmm. and here's what I know about you. I know you're a, a Boise State uh, football and basketball fan. Uh, Boise State alum, is that mm-hmm. right? Okay, correct. And a big Kings guy, a big, big Sacramento. Kings guy. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, but maybe they'll turn it around this year. Who knows? Who knows? So I'm. We can all hope. <laughs> I'm fascinated by Kings people. Uh, my girlfriend is from Sacramento. I think I mentioned that mm-hmm. to you. So as such, I've started to like follow the Kings from a distance, a safe mm-hmm. distance, over the last couple of years. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, and I'm a big Padres baseball guy. So. Mm-hmm. So the similarities are uh, no championships in franchise history, mm-hmm. uh, a uh, single team market in California for both the, the Padres in San Diego, the only show in town, yeah. and the Kings are the only show in town in Sacramento. Uh, and so I, I always am drawn to small market, uh, particularly in the NBA where in our region there's a lot of that. Portland mm-hmm. is a NBA only city. Salt Lake City is an NBA-only city, and then Sacramento is an NBA-only city. Mm-hmm. And amongst the three franchises, I think there are there's one title, the Blazers in 77. <laughs> I don't think the Jazz have one, I and, I, so. and the Kings don't have well, one. Well, the Kings have one as the Royals back in the 50s. But Was uh, that NBA or ABA? Uh, I believe it was NBA. Okay, that's actually I think, cool. I think it was NBA. The, King, the Kings actually are like one of the original um, franchises in the... NBA and they're I, to to this day they're technically the oldest franchise, um, but you have to go way back to like the Rochester Royals. Days. Okay, I was gonna, so, so that so that Royals franchise was in Rochester. Yeah. Yep. When, when did they move to Sacramento? <sighs> it was sometime in the eighties. I want to say eighty five. Okay, we'll, we'll uh, check on that. Yeah, we'll have to check on that. <laughs> but I should know. I should know for how big of a Kings fan I am. But uh, yeah. I, I'm not 100% positive, but they went from Rochester, then I believe they went to Cincinnati, then they went to Kansas City, then they split Kansas City and Omaha, and then they went to Sacramento. Wow. And they specified a gender as they went along this journey, starting as the Royals, (laughs) and then they became the Kings. Well, I imagine when they moved to Kansas City, they had to to switch it up, because the Royals were already in Kansas City, so um, I imagine that's probably where that happened, (laughs) but... Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we're just, I mean we're already getting into the king stuff, and I gotta I was gonna save that more towards the end because uh, we've got some uh, you know NBA draft reaction from mm-hmm. from the biggest Kings fan in the Treasure Valley. For sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought as far as just kind of where we'll go today. First, I just want to kind of get to know you and, mm-hmm. and what what factors produce a Boise State and Sacramento Kings person. Um, and then we'll kind of jump into your uh, down on the blue mm-hmm. material. Uh, Tyler's the owner of a, a, at least a Twitter account, mm-hmm. but also a vision. A vision, <laughs> um, yeah. Yep. 
and has a lot of successful activity uh, already through Twitter that I've seen, and that's yeah. been the extent of my uh, exploration and research to this point. But well, that's about the extent of where we're at okay. with Down on the Blue. Perfect. But yeah, to get into um, just kind of how I came to Boise. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, w- I was born and raised in Northern California, so a town called Redding. Um, it's about two hours north of Sacramento, mm-hmm. so that's where... I began liking the Kings. Real, and and we're, the, place it next to Chico. I know Like Chico. an hour north of Chico. Okay, so going north of Chico. Okay. Yep, yep. So, now Mount Shasta, how close are we? Like 40 minutes south. Okay. 40 minutes to an hour south. So, um, yeah, it's a town of about 100,000 people now. But um, back when I first started liking basketball, around 2002, I think I was in second grade, um, the Kings were, they were the team. Yeah. I mean, they were the best team in the NBA at the time. Uh, that was like the Chris Webber, Peja, Vlade, Mike Bibby days. Um, they had a fierce rivalry with the Lakers. Um, and I just remember watching like the Western Conference Finals with my dad that year. My dad getting upset because uh, there were some questionable calls in, uh, <laughs> in one of the games. And we, we don't need to go too far into that. But uh, I don't know if my dad was just pretty into it and then all of a sudden I just started rooting for the Kings and I've I'm a pretty I'm loyal to a fault and I am still a fan Good. of them to this day. I, that is that I respect that more in a sports fan than mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. I think that is so admirable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Given every opportunity not to. Are yeah. you do you have a cowbell? I don't have a cowbell. I was never <laughs> one of those but uh I, I respect the people that do bring okay. those cowbells. Um, but yeah, and then I was just looking to go to college somewhere that was a little bit different than California. Um, and I was kind of doing some research, and Boise State at the time was about the same price as going to UC Davis. Um, a little more expensive than to go to Chico State. Um, but Boise State had a pretty good athletics program, and obviously I'm pretty passionate about sports. Um, so I just kind of did some research, um, and I felt like they put a lot of money into their business program. Um, I majored in business, um, and so I decided to go to Boise State, and honestly, like, when I moved to Boise, like, I wasn't even a big college football fan at the time. Like, I rooted for Oregon, um, because they were kind of the closest to, I know, right, I know, um, they were, but they were the closest team that was really good in the West Coast. Mm-hmm. I mean, Stanford had its moment. Um, Cal was never really that good. I didn't like USC because they were a Southern California team, and UCLA, <laughs> no one cares about them. So um, Oregon had a lot of a lot going on. And um, when I played basketball in high school, um, we always went up to Oregon for team camps. So. As you say, Reading to Eugene. Probably. Like six hours yeah. or so. Um, so it was kind of my first like big college that I ever like toured and went to. Um, so that was kind of my tie to them. But even like, you know, Boise State and Oregon would play. I'd root for Oregon, unfortunately, but I still rooted for Boise State a lot. Like in the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma, I still I still remember watching hmm. that game, and I didn't know anything about college football at the time. Um, it was like in sixth or seventh grade at that point, um, and even against TCU, and then the games against like Virginia Tech. I still yeah. remember watching those games and not knowing diddly squat about <laughs> uh, Boise State or really college football in general. Um, 
But yeah, I, I feel like I rambled on. I don't really no, know. I, I don't really know what we're saying here. So, so you, what were your when you were here at uh, at Boise State? What were your years in school? So twenty fourteen through so fall of twenty fourteen through spring of twenty seventeen. Um, I went to community college in California for two years after graduating high school. So I was in college for five years. Okay. So. Yeah, those were some kind of dark years for the football program, relatively speaking. Yeah. With high moments. But yeah, well, I mean, the first year we won a Fiesta Bowl. And, uh, 14, you're right. And yeah. that was with Jay put this team mm-hmm. on his back and Spurbeck and uh, Grant Hedricks, um, who I still think is like the most underrated quarterback for Boise State. I don't think he gets enough love, but um, yeah. And then what was it the next year? I think they went like eight and four yeah then there was some of the, the the like the air force uh three game losing streak the new mexico yeah. victory in boise with the photo on the field afterwards yeah uh, yeah there's some good moments mixed in. there's actually a really funny story about that new mexico game so my Oof. father-in-law is a pastor of a church here in boise and he was um he was the team chaplain for the new mexico game that day because they just bring in a chaplain from around um, the valley, and so he was the chaplain for New Mexico, and he basically told them the David and Goliath story, <laughs> and how Boise State is basically um, Goliath, and they're they're David in this scenario, and uh, you just they just had to believe that they could, and uh, it's funny because my father in law is a season ticket holder of BSU, wow. like huge BSU fan. Um, next thing you know, they come out and put a beat down yeah, on us and embarrass us on the blue. Mm-hmm. And so he is, I don't want to say he's the reason we uh, <laughs> lost, but maybe he but gave some, him some inspiration. There's some know. divine intervention and your father-in-law is the reason for Exactly, that. exactly, <laughs> exactly. I remember being in a movie and just kind of uh, watching the score on my phone just throughout and just kind of like, this isn't, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just kind of not in paying attention to the movie by the end of it, kind of following the game cast on my phone and just sad. Yeah. <laughs> Leaving that theater just tail between my legs. <laughs> yeah. And I think that same year we lost to Virginia on the blue as well. After that was like Brett Rippon's first so, start. Close. Somewhere in there. I know. So the, um, we, we do field goal nets in the mm-hmm. north end zone, and uh, the Virginia year was my first year doing that. Okay. So I got to take in that uh, thumping yeah. live, and then I don't remember, I wasn't, the, the New Mexico loss and the Air Force loss were uh, prior to <laughs> my opportunity to watch that firsthand. I'm glad I wasn't doing field goal yeah. nets for those couple. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was with kind of the Harson years, if recruiting just wasn't good enough or we just thought we were better and we were kind of coming off the highs of the program but it just seemed like during those Harson years we were we never lived up to expectations during any of those years other than maybe the Fiesta Bowl year and I'm not even sure we really had those expectations going into that season as well. It's hard to match what's expected coming Mm -hmm. off of a Kellen Moore era and uh, you know challenging the bcs <laughs> for you know three or four years in a row yeah uh to kind of where things are now um but yeah some some kind of dark years in that stretch but even then it sounds like 
something about the athletics program that you were as a student for mm-hmm. was gripping. You were, you, I mean, you were, you became a, a Boise State guy, not just during your time in school, but yeah. now, now you're, you're living in the community and it seems mm-hmm. like you're, sounds like you're happy here and oh, yeah. kind of planted here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my wife and I, we actually moved to Pocatello for two years while she was finishing up her, um, her second undergrad degree. Um, she went back to school to study dietetics. So we lived in Pocatello for a year. And actually, when we moved to Pocatello, that was kind of when more of my passion for college football started kicking in because I didn't know anybody really when I moved there. But it was right as like college football season was starting. So my Saturdays, rather than hanging out with my friends here in Boise, like I couldn't just drive back three hours every single week. So I just put on college football all day. Yeah. And uh, next thing you know, that's pretty much just how I um, spent most of my Saturdays. Um, and I had a lot of coworkers at the time who are really big into college football. So we would just go to work and talk about college football yeah. um, over the week from what happened over the weekend on Mondays. And uh, so that's really when I started getting into college football um, outside of just Boise State. Um, I'm still not the most knowledgeable of college football fans. I feel like there is so much history embedded in college football that like it takes five, ten years to really mm-hmm. create that sound foundational knowledge. Um, but I've just kind of fell in love with the pageantry of it. Um, just the, if you look at like what SEC tailgates are like or... Um, stadiums in the Big Ten are like, mm-hmm. and that's it, what kind of kills me about the West Coast is maybe outside of Oregon and Washington when they're good, and maybe USC when they're good, mm-hmm. um, they just there isn't that passion on the West Coast for college football, and it kind of breaks my heart that even in Boise it's not really like that. Like you have to bring in a big name opponent for it to really create a buzz and fill up the stadium. Um, I mean. The, the atmosphere around the town is always really cool mm-hmm. on game day, but... Um, it's not Midwest. And it's, it's not, not Midwest or the <laughs> South. And granted, there's a lot to do in Boise, so maybe that plays into it, but... Yeah, I don't know. But when we moved back is kind of when I um, thought about doing like podcasting or writing. Yeah. Um, I remember watching the... Um, the BYU Boise State game during COVID year, where Ooh. we just got our. Can I, do, do you mind if I oh. swear here? Got our asses kicked, and um, I would use a board. <laughs> yeah, so we got our asses kicked, and um, but I remember being like, "Man, this is this Zach Wilson kid. Like, there's a it's there's a cool story around him with him originally being recruited by Boise State, but man, he looked." like, the real deal that game, and, uh, I remember just kind of writing a story, um, that I never published anywhere, mm-hmm. but I was just kind of doing some research on him, and, um, I was like, man, this, that was kind of fun, just yeah. writing about, um, and just doing some research, um, and then fast forward to last year, um, I recorded a podcast that, um, I just like recorded on my phone, uploaded it to GarageBand, did a little bit of edits, put it on Spotify about the BYU game um, because I was just so hyped as a fan. Like yeah. we took down, I think I want to say they were a top ten or top fifteen ten. team yeah. um, at the time. So I was just hyped because I think the week before that, if I'm not mistaken, was 
when we lost to Oklahoma State. Lost to Nevada the week before. Lost to Nevada the week before, yes. So we lost to Nevada. A lot of home losses. A lot of home losses. Bleed into each other. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So we lost to Nevada. And I was so angry um, after that game. But it was almost like my fandom, like, just took a whole 180 Mm -hmm. the next week after taking down a top 10 team. And you're like, we're turning this thing around. And Mm -hmm. then, um, obviously, the rest of the season didn't end uh, the way we wanted it to. But. I don't know. It's just kind of a fun way to voice my opinions yeah. on the game, and um, if it never turns into anything, at least it's a fun hobby. So. Exactly. And that's. I, I feel like we all need that outlet outside of work, just to kind of just take our minds off of life in general, um, all the stresses of life. And that was just kind of my outlet to do it. And so I'm looking to do a little more things with like TikTok because I feel like it's a little more uh, like short form content. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's easier to engage with. Like, I feel like it's hard to get people to listen to a 40-minute podcast mm-hmm. a lot of the time because um, we're all busy. Mm-hmm. So if I can kind of narrow it down to some short-form content um, that's more engageable, um, that's kind of more my vision for um, Down on the Blue. And then to just do maybe some, like, nine, ten-minute podcasts mm-hmm. um, that'll probably just record via YouTube. Mm-hmm. Probably, maybe, maybe not have any video on it, just like a picture of my logo with the socials, but then upload that to Spotify mm-hmm. and Apple um, Podcasts as well. And that fits but, so neatly, I mean, throughout a season, you mm-hmm. have a weekly, you know, uh, subject yeah. of this week's game. Well, and I feel like you can also break it down. It's I feel like it's easier to record three 10-minute podcasts than a 30-minute podcast, mm-hmm. um, just with editing and... Um, I feel like you, just the focus on one topic, like I can do a game recap on Saturday or Monday, or excuse me, Sunday or Monday, mm-hmm. and then somewhere during the week, like what I expect for, like what needs to change, some sort of analysis, um, and then have my game preview on Thursday, Friday, whenever the schedule mm-hmm. um, dictates when our game is. And I just feel like it would just probably be easier to do something like that rather Mm -hmm. than do 30 40 50 minute podcasts um that includes all of them all together Mm -hmm. so and throughout the week like things change like you could have an injury in practice like on a tuesday and that dictates you know maybe what i want to talk about on wednesday or thursday or whatever um and then i don't need to make a breaking news podcast (laughs) um after i just put like a 30 40 minute one out so i mean there's uh tons of demand for just you know intelligent reaction Mm -hmm. and even just emotional well i can't promise you intelligent (laughs) reaction but uh, i I, I can promise you reaction (laughs) you seem like the kind of guy that would be measured and not just you know uh letting fury rip into the microphone although that that sells too yeah that's (laughs) not that's not my brand i want and i want it to be more of a positive um environment like i always want to try to find a positive spin for the team um i'm not gonna come out here and be like oh well you know if we start off like one and four like Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna say this program you know we're all right we're in the second year of it no like like, i'm I'm gonna come out and say all right we got problems we gotta we gotta figure them out but i'm not gonna act like the stuckle sky center is burning down and like we need to go get pitchforks and torches and meet Jeremiah Dickey outside of his office or anything like that. And there's, there's plenty of Twitter personalities that'll represent that, mm-hmm. uh, 
a particular approach. Oh, yeah. and, and those those people are fun to engage with yeah. as well. I don't know. And, like, I, I want it to be something that all fans can feel comfortable engaging mm-hmm. with. Like, even if you have a take that is so out there, like, I want to know what your take is because mm-hmm. there's probably some bit of truth in it. Even if it is so out there, there's probably some ounce of truth that we can dissect down and get to really where the truth is mm-hmm. in your take. So... Right on. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun to, to follow your work, you know, throughout the, the upcoming athletic season. Because mm-hmm. you just fired this up this spring, is that right? Yeah, in April. Um, yeah. I just remember being kind of bored one night, and I was like, you yeah. know what? I'm going to make a Twitter account yeah. that's, like, not linked to me personally, um, but, like, that I can kind of just focus on Boise State content. Yeah. Um, I'll probably do a little bit of basketball as well. Like, we're, my wife and I are season ticket holders for basketball. Right on. Um so, I I, I kind of want to be more of a fan for basketball and just yeah. have that like, you know, like if a, if there's a bad loss, like I want to be that stupid fan that is like raged a little yeah. bit. Um, but like I'll, I'll probably have some sort of content um, through basketball. But football is kind of where I really plan to do the majority of my content, mm-hmm. base it around. Um, I'd like to try to make it to a road game. Um, yeah, this is exactly what I was going to ask next. Like, okay, what's, what's, yeah, are you, are you planning on traveling? If so, what would that be? Yeah, I'd love to do the Oregon State game just because it is. Um, See you there. It's a Power Five game. Um, I don't know if my schedule will allow me to do yeah. that. Um, but, yeah, I'm just going to pop up the, uh, the schedule here real yeah. quick and see what what it might look like. And maybe we could talk about some dream scenarios here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, my, uh, and some previews, but Connor, the roommate, will be mm-hmm. he'll be there. He uh, he officiates high school football. Oh, nice! Um, and has I mean he'll be he'll be officiating big time football before long. This is going to be his I want to say maybe fourth or fifth season with um, uh, high school football in the area. But he's been doing uh, like C of I spring game. Oh wow! Uh, scrimmages at Idaho State. He's made a couple trips down to Pocatello. Um, and he was a, a spring ball scrimmage, not like the spring game, but a, a, at least one spring ball scrimmage for Boise State. Wow! This year, so and he's he's making the connections, and there's you know uh, officiating notes scribbled around. Uh, you know, he, he, during the off season, he's still very engaged and, and, and working to, to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so, and I feel like rules always change every single yeah. year. There's always some, so you always have to stay up to date. But that's super cool. I mean, like. It's one of the things I think we hear about a lot is that, um, like, people don't want to ref games because yeah. parents are crazy. Um, so it's really cool that, like, he's stepping up and doing that. And it sounds like he's really passionate about he, oh, it. Oh, man, is he ever. But So he'll he'll be officiating on Friday night, September, I want to say 2nd, whatever that Friday going into Labor Day weekend is. Okay. But then I think he'll be jumping on a plane and zipping over to Western Oregon and Corvallis. Uh, that Nice. Because you know his brother played at Oregon State. His oh, he's nice. from Albany, Oregon, which is okay. right next door to Corvallis. Uh, my dad's an Oregon State alum. My sister currently is in school at Oregon State. So there's a lot of uh, uh, family and uh, friendship ties. So uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be having a, a good time over there in Corvallis. So uh, that's cool. Make it out seriously. See if you can. And obviously, it's schedule dependent. Yeah. It's a holiday weekend. There's a lot of factors, yeah. but that'd be a fun one to. Uh, if you were able to make it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, if I'm looking at the schedule here um, that's in front of me, 
obviously Oregon State would be the one I want to go to. I just don't think that one is going to be the one I am able to get and to. And it's not a very travel-friendly schedule apart from that. No, yeah. I like. I don't want to go to UTEP. No, don't. Um, <laughs> I don't really want to go to Air Force. Um, like, oh, I, yeah. I, That'll be a good game. I just hate watching Air Force. It is the most boring <laughs> team. To walk. And granted, like, they're stuck with what they have. Like, they're yeah. not going to get 340-pound linemen yeah. to run a passing-friendly offense. No. Like, they have to run the triple option based off of meeting their uh, physical requirements just for the military. Um, but I just – they're not a what, team that I get is... amped to watch. So it'll probably be Nevada that I go oh, to. Oh, yeah, Reno. And all. Reno. Yep. Go hit some casinos after the game. So that, and, I mean, that's a fun place that's to actually go. A decent, that's a that's a decent uh, road trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only six hours away, too, yeah. so you can drive it. Did that one in um, one of those JHI years, actually. Oh, so yeah, I've, yeah. I've been able to get down to uh, UNR for one game. It was an excellent game, like a 51-46 final. Good guys win. Ajay had well over 200 yards, three or four touchdowns, and it was a really great game on a sellout Saturday night where they had you know, a, a blue out or something. Yeah, and it was, yeah. And, uh, but, man, the, the fan atmosphere there. That's one thing about Boise I hope can be sustained, and there's other places like it, but for the, my whole life, I've understood Boise and Boiseans to be you know, generally friendly and welcoming mm-hmm. and I uh, that matters I really yeah. I, th- I want that particularly the way that some people behave about mm-hmm. California and Californians it just is frustrating to me mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my yeah. girlfriend moved here from California and I'm very glad she's here um, but largely I think Boiseans are and and, and then I have to hope at Albertson Stadium that that generally welcoming uh, atmosphere is Sustained because I think that's important. Because when you mm-hmm. go to some places like Reno, where you are not welcome, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're wearing, oh, yeah. you're wearing uh, our blue and orange, and it's I mean, all bets are off, you, you know. And we, we sat in general admission, uh, and it is a <laughs> it is sewage. I mean, the, the two or three fights broke out, I think, amongst you know, Reno fans, <sighs> just amongst each other that caused you know, security and police to come up. Similar to the game in Fresno yeah. last year, where there was another just two Fresno State fans duking it out. Um, you know, I was able to go down to Provo last year for that game, and mm-hmm. we were treated fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no moments like, and that's partly to do with the lack of alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> yeah compared probably. to Reno and Fresno. But. I gotta ask, like, is there like a tailgating environment in Provo, like? When I say, like, tailgate, I mean, like, when when a visiting team goes in. Like, are people, like, drinking beers out in the parking lot? Or so, is I think it... there is some of that. And, I, and we, we that game was at 1.30 mm-hmm. uh, on a Saturday. And the way our weekend worked, we just we ended up waking up at 4.30 or 5. And we did the drive that mm-hmm. morning. And we parked at a Chick-fil-A, changed, and walked over and got into the stadium with seven minutes to kick. So yeah. didn't didn't get to to check out any of the uh, pregame atmosphere. But I mean, there was a good pizza slice of Boise State fans, probably numbering I don't know, probably twenty five hundred. Oh yeah. Uh, the, well, probably closer to five thousand in the entire building. It's a big venue. I've mm-hmm. never. Oh yeah. 65,000 people, and it was packed out mm-hmm. on a ring. Yeah, there, there's a reason BYU is in the Big yeah. 12. And oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that plays a big part of it. And it was a cool venue, I will say. I mean, it was it was a good production. You know, BYU is a big <laughs> school with a lot of resources. And it, mm-hmm. uh, 
Uh, but uh, damn, was it quiet in that second <laughs> half. And that, was, that was very satisfying. And that's good as a visiting yeah. fan. <laughs> um, anyway, it's, it's fun to talk about, I mean, uh, just tra- regional travel options uh, mm-hmm. in, the, in the Mountain West and extending into the Pac-12. You know, my brother's in, uh, he lives in Salt Lake, and he's a Utah State alum. So mm-hmm. we went down to Logan for the game. I've been to the last, I think, the last four Boise State visits to, to Logan. I've been able to check out that venue which is a, a really cozy nice place to watch a football game doesn't really hold a lot of noise you know it's probably 25,000 30,000 seats yeah. it's a really nice venue but uh, yeah I'm sad I never went down there when we lived in Pocatello for a yeah. uh, for at a road game um, I don't know the reasons why we didn't it was my guess is probably it was just too cold and yeah. we don't want to make the trip because yeah, I mean, it's always it's always at the end of the year um with utah state yeah. and boise state like last year i feel like was the very first time it was somewhat in the beginning of the year that i can recently remember i got a sunburn during that game. yeah i've never gotten a sunburn <laughs> watching boise state and utah state play but that happened yeah last year. yeah and we whooped their ass that day um so uh maybe heading out to corvallis it sounds like Otherwise, uh, probably Reno would be yeah. the probably Reno would be the game. I'm probably not going to go to Albuquerque. Yeah, I don't uh, see, I don't and, see and myself. The hard that part trip. with the Mountain West is a lot of the areas are just really hard to get to. Yeah, it's not um, it's not easy to get to Laramie. It's yeah, not easy no. to get to Fort Collins. You know, yeah. you're, you're flying into a major airport and then renting a car or well, and even the the airport in Denver is for like 30 yeah. minutes away from, from Denver. Denver. Yeah, <laughs> so it's and it's like. Not close to like Colorado yeah. Springs or Fort Collins, so 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 not a great travel year, but a really strong home year, yeah, home schedule. So what's yeah. your what's your so it's a it's a Saturday in October, uh, you know San Diego State or Fresno in town this year. What's a what's a perfect game day routine for you? Yeah, let's so. say it's a let's say it's a a nice seven o'clock friendly first. Uh, Seven, kickoff. seven o'clock kickoff. Pitch. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's baseball season. Forgive me. So, um, yeah. I mean, it kind of just depends. Um, kind of de- depends on the vibe of the night. Like, if it's just me and my wife going, we're gonna probably go out to dinner before the game somewhere downtown. Um, probably like our favorite place uh, downtown is Tap House. You bet. So, uh, we'll pr- we'd probably hit up dinner there. Mm-hmm. If we're looking at a seven o'clock kick, I probably would try to get down there at about four. Yep. Um, get a get a drink and a burger at Tap House. Um, probably it'll be busy, so you're probably getting out of there closer to five thirty. Mm-hmm. Then uh, run over to End Zone um, sure. or Suds and grab grab a drink there, and then uh, just head into the stadium and um, walk around the tailgates. I like to just people watching the tailgates. Oh, yeah. um, one of the things I want to do with Down on the Blue is uh, make it down there, like during. During, while people are tailgating and just kind of get uh, reactions yeah. from fans and uh, just the vibe, the yeah. show not not just to show Boise State fans, but to show the country like the vibe of football in Boise because it is actually a really fun football environment. Yeah. Um, it's not you know SEC, but it's it's what it is in Boise and it's a lot of fun and I don't think people know about that. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I'm heading over to the tailgates and usually I'll run into a couple people I know who have a tailgate or have friends of friends of friends that have tailgates and they're there and people are just so welcoming. Like if you walk up, what I've known is if you walk up to any tailgate, you'll you'll easily walk away with a hot dog or a burger or a beer. Um, People are so friendly. (laughs) The most inclusive and welcoming environment in the world. 
Yeah, as long as you're not wearing the other team's <laughs> yeah. gear, I mean, you're you're gonna you're gonna have a good time yeah. over there. Um, and then just walk into the stadium, check out the vibe. I like to try to make it in, um, like when the team runs out. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife's cousin is actually the Bronco girl who rides out on the horse. Oh, really? So uh, we like to see that and then watch the fireworks go off. Um, the coin flip, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. You gotta make seven it. nation army in your. Oh yeah, veins. oh yeah, oh yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's kind of that's kind of more if it's just me and my wife, like our low key thing. If I'm going out with friends, you know, we usually do some sort of a pregame or a tailgate at um, a friend that lives close to the stadium. We might hit up somewhere downtown or suds and end zone as well just mm-hmm. have instead of one beer maybe two or three <laughs> and then uh three for, th- three when uh, byu's in town yeah exactly exactly well now that they allow alcohol in the stadium i feel like you don't need to get like tanked yeah. before you walk <laughs> into the stadium you can just ride ride a good buzz but um no i mean like and even then like i've gone into so many games like even last year i went to most of the games i think just completely sober and had the best time of my life still so i mean you can have a lot of fun um, no matter what your pregame routine yeah. is. Because there's some Friday games where, you know, I get off of work at 5. Like, I don't have time to, you know, go grab dinner. Like, I'm grabbing, like, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at home yeah. and <laughs> hustling down to the yeah. stadium at that point. So, I mean, it just kind of depends when kickoff is and um, what the dynamic of the night is, you know. Where, because, do, you, where do you sit? Um, <laughs> so, we... Just kind of get tickets game by game. Um, We weren't season ticket holders last year. Um, I want to get season tickets for football this year, but I don't... I'm not going to be able to make it to every home game. Um, So I'm kind of debating on whether just to get them and, like, split them or get them and just sell them. That way, like, you know, we can at least... They can get the BAA money um, because, you know, they need season ticket holders. Like, if we want good things for this program, we have to... Um, we have to invest in it. So, um, if I can go have these with a friend on season tickets, but we uh, we like to sit on the upper bowl. Yeah. Um, and I like to sit on the sideline with Boise State. Okay. Um, like if I can get like three, four, five levels up. Yeah. That's east side, strong my, side. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, I don't know. You just get such a better view from the upper yeah, bowl. Um, absolutely. And we we sat one game in the north end zone last year, and I did not. Yeah. I felt like I didn't watch any football that day because I didn't know what was going on half the time. It was against Wyoming. The entire game was on the south side of the stadium pretty much. Um, so I just I didn't get a chance to uh, really see a lot yeah. of that game from the north that's, end I mean, that's zone. where we are. We're, we're north end zone on the on the turf. And mm-hmm. so uh, it's it's a lot of fun when, when the ball's moving to the north. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a definitely it's a, it's a new perspective you you know, understandably so never see that uh, mm-hmm. field level from an end zone broadcast anyway because it's not yeah, a great way to see a play develop it's not it's really hard to get the depth of a play uh, i mean you know when the ball's on the uh south side of the field i'm pretty much always looking up at the video board which mm-hmm. now is going to be a lot bigger which i'm yeah fired and, up and in hd yeah so i feel and i feel like the board was just never that clear yeah. <laughs> in general so and you know you're turning around to uh, watch the game half the time and but yeah i mean we're gonna have that massive one on the south yeah. end zone which will be great for the north end zone people 
the one in the north end zone is getting yeah. redone, and it's going to be a little it's bit bigger. Sh- it's going to be a sharp look. I'm looking forward to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, these are things if Boise State wants to grow and have a chance at the Big 12, they have to they have mm-hmm. to get. And going back to season tickets, that's a lot of it with donations. I mean, and improvements to the stadium are going to be from season ticket sales. So, um, you know, like if I can't make it to three, I'm going to try to go have these. But if maybe there's just like one or two games that I'm not going to be able to make it to, I'll just bite the bullet, buy them, and then if I have to give them away, give yeah. a couple tickets away for free, and just give them away for free. Like, make someone's day. Um, they'll have a good chance. I mean, I think that's a great opportunity with my platform as well, and I'm just thinking about this yeah. uh, while I'm talking Perfect. to you. I mean, giveaways, you yeah. know? Like, um, so that's probably what what I'll do, but yeah. get some season tickets in the east side up, up top, and then... Uh, yeah. But east side too, I mean anytime you can sneak a, a little city skyline view into mm-hmm. you know, I think of yeah, if you're in that east or southeast bowl, mm-hmm. you know, you're look you've got the the sky center and you've got downtown Boise yep. and this the field. And you have the foothills too, right foothills. behind it. Like on the on the west side you get a beautiful view of the mm-hmm. foothills, but you don't get any of the downtown right. view. Um, one of the things I was collaborating with, uh, or not collab, collaborating is the wrong word, but uh, just interacting with a fan on um, on Twitter, we were looking up some images of Albertson Stadium, and they don't have like any updated hmm. videos with like the development of downtown with the extended blue. Like yeah. half of them still have the track. Yeah. Um, and so something like I got to do is get some good pictures of the stadium mm-hmm. uh, this season. And I and I love Jeremiah Dickey and the athletic department to even update some of the photos and see if there's a way that they can um, update those on Google Images and get some of those photos out there because it is one of the most beautiful stadiums. Yeah. Um, I know, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of on the I west mean, coast at least. I, and I, I have to acknowledge I, I've I was talking about this with my buddies last year. Like I, my biggest, the biggest or most consequential or important football games I've ever been to have always included Boise State as an opponent or mm-hmm. as, as a participant. I've still not yet been to an NFL game. Yeah, neither have I, I. And I had not been to a college football game that didn't include. Boise State in my life until I made it to the Civil War last year. Mm-hmm. Well, no longer the Civil War, but Oregon versus Oregon State mm-hmm. last year. Um, so I got to see Autzen and see that uh, atmosphere on a kind of a drizzly Saturday in November mm-hmm. in, in Eugene, um, which was cool. But I mean, <clears throat> so I don't, I don't, I can't speak from a, you know, most beautiful uh, venues in college football perspective. I have not like Connor got to see uh, the big house last year. They went to uh, oh. uh, Ohio state, Michigan, uh, Michigan got their first victory. Yeah. Ohio state that, would, that would be a fun I mean, game. I mean, he was, they were buzzing about that trip and just that the experience of being in one of those places is uh, obviously impossible to match, but mm-hmm. the, the visual of looking out of the North end zone of, uh, Albertson Stadium to Boise in the foothills is is uh, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, get on that. Get some get some updated imagery for the world to see this year from your from your. Uh, uh, I will season tickets. I, I definitely will. But um, one of the things I want to do is, um, and it's not Boise State related at all. But I want to during the bye week. I actually want to go to just a random stadium. Sweet. Like I I'd like to try to make it out to a P five. Mm-hmm. Um, 
games. So somewhere that's probably going to tell. Gun to your head, where, where, are you, where are you going? I mean, I'm not a Texas fan at all, but I think I'd like to go to Texas mm-hmm. just because I think the atmosphere, even though they suck, the atmosphere <laughs> is, and Texas fans will tell you that they don't suck, but they yeah. suck. Um, I don't care what their preseason ranking is. They're going to suck. Yeah. Um, they just always do. But... Um, it's just, I think it's a cool environment. It's one of the easier um, locations just off the top of my head that I can think of to go to, um, mm. to fly into Austin. I don't yeah. think is that difficult. Um, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to go to a game in Eugene though. I've still never been mm. to Austin stadium. Um, I've seen it. I've just yeah. never been to a game there. Um, Washington would be another one yeah. that's easy, but I like I said, like I'd try to do either a Big Ten or an SEC game mm-hmm. and uh, just post some content to what it's what game environments are like there, what fans are like in those areas, yeah. um, and try to show Boise fans like like how what I want to do with other fans and show other fans what Boise is like. I want to show or, or I want to show um, our fans what other college football yeah. teams are like, and I want to experience that myself because yeah. I haven't really experience that yeah. either so that, that is what makes college football college football specifically yeah college hoops but football has the pageantry and it has the whole city involved mm-hmm. in, in that production and all these kind of middle and small american towns that yeah are college towns. well and that is their pro teams yeah. you know and do or in iowa you know iowa city iowa or ames iowa yeah iowa state and um, University of Iowa, th- that is their pro oh, team, yeah. <laughs> you know, and Ann Arbor, Michigan, that is yeah. their pro team, Columbus, Ohio, yeah. the Ohio State is yeah. their home team, or their pro team, rather, so, um, yeah, and I feel like the the cultures of those states and those regions really blend into, um, into the atmosphere mm-hmm. of football, like, um, you know, if you go to an SEC tailgate or, like, a tailgate in Texas, like, you're going to experience the food, the culture yeah. of Texas, um, you're just, you're not just going to see a bunch of people dressed up in the team's colors yeah. walking, you're going to experience Austin's culture right mm-hmm. there, you're going to experience Knoxville's culture, you're going to experience Gainesville's culture, mm-hmm. so, um, it's kind of, it's kind of something that I want to see, just because I also enjoy traveling, too, so, um, just seeing, what other cultures are like in a big an event? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. That's that's what that's what puts college football above, or I don't want to say above, but that's that's what draws me to college football more than anything. Yeah. And then just having been born in Boise, where you know it's easy for me to root for underdogs and small markets, mm-hmm. and so Boise, you know, in the a decade ago, challenging the you know the college football's elite was mm-hmm. such a captivating story to get behind. Uh, and my, my biggest beef with college football is just the absence of parity over the last handful of years. And the, yeah. I, the college football playoff last year sucked. <laughs> the, the games were just terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a Georgia and Alabama-dominated sport is disappointing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I detest Ohio State, and a lot of that is... Uh, something I'm having a hard time shedding is like, so do I have to lower my experience as a college football fan back to just the region? Yeah. Is is being a Boise State fan about, uh, you know, competing for Mountain West championships, uh, trying to snag a power five victory or two now and then, and then with the ceiling being, you know, a New Year's six bowl game, it kind of feels like what the ceiling is now. When, when 10 years ago, 
save for a, an incredible Cam Newton-led comeback and a Colin Kaepernick-led comeback on the <laughs> same Black Friday in 2010, if not for those two things happening, we would have had a Boise State versus Oregon national championship yeah. game. I mean, and, and then that's a, think that was a possibility. And that's it's a major region thing, too. Yeah, talk about Idaho and Oregon representing. Yeah, yeah. there was somebody, I don't remember what uh, channel, or uh, not channel, but what uh, pro, or, uh, a Twitter account um, posted it, but it was like, what... If you could change one play of your <laughs> your favorite college football team, oh, uh, what would what would be the out, what would be the outcome? And I said, uh, some guy would have some guy would have made a field goal against Nevada yeah. and probably would have won a natty. <laughs> yeah, it would have been yeah Rose Bowl with that going in, and mm-hmm. then and then with if if Alabama had held on to its big lead over Auburn that day. I would have disqualified Auburn from the title game. Yeah, that, it's just insane to even think mm-hmm. that with a couple bounces going one direction, that Boise State would have earned its spot into not a four-team playoff, but the the, 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 Natty, the national the BCS championship. It's just <laughs> mind-boggling to even mm-hmm. put my head around. I gotta ask you, what what system do you like better? Do you like the BCS or do you like the playoff better? Uh, I like the playoff better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cool to see Cincinnati. Uh, earn their spot um, not for any particular warm feelings they have towards Cincinnati Bearcat football but it's nice to see a smaller uh, group of five conference represented um, but I don't I would love to see obviously expansion to mm-hmm. 8 or 12 that'd be just yes. fun um, although you I think there's a good argument to be made, like, why would we do that? We know if a sport's job is to, and this is, I think, an interesting, like, philosophical conversation, is, is mm-hmm. the sport's job to produce its best champion? Is the best team winning the, the purpose of a postseason format? Or is it something different? And I, I hope, I think I hope it's something different, which is producing the most uh, entertaining and drama-rich postseason format that allows for uh, the best teams to still uh, have the best chance to win. Uh, but So if you're trying to crown the best champion, we don't need four, it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. I think you take your SEC champion against probably the SEC runner-up or maybe an undefeated or one-loss Big Ten team, mm-hmm. and that's, that's going to give you the best the, the the proper champion, but I do not want that at all. No, I want I want. And why have college football? Yeah, then? I agree. With that. <laughs> you know? We're like the professional leagues. I think. Well, I mean, even then, like, if you want the best World Series, you why not just go back to the '60s or whatever and have your American League champion play the National League champion and eliminate playoffs. Playoffs is fun. Mm-hmm. It engages more fan bases. It, it allows for the potential for upset. Mm-hmm. And well, I, I want to see a, a one seed Alabama play twelve seed, you know, two loss Baylor, whatever, or you know, a Mountain West champion, mm-hmm. or, or or pick your group of five representative of Memphis or whatever, and just see that. Well, and I think what a playoff fifty two to ten six years in a row. Okay, maybe we're getting sick of yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and what I think a playoffs job too is it does kind of give teams a second chance for something that may have gone wrong in the regular season, like week four. I don't know. Maybe your uh, maybe your star yeah. running back is out with a concussion, or yeah. your safety gets hit with a targeting call and he's out half a game. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's there's things that happen during the regular season where a, a playoff is 
you, you should be at, yeah it, it corrects those things that could have happened um in the regular season that maybe you know that's the reason they lost um but you know the, the NCAA loves money and uh, if they love money <laughs> why not expand it because they'll, they'll get people to watch yeah <laughs> they'll get they'll get more casual fans to watch an 18 playoff yeah um it's the reason you know this country goes crazy for March Madness when none of us watch college right. basketball regularly that's, that's during the, the year. Like, exactly, like you don't. No one watches uh, Thursday and Friday of the, of the NCAA tournament, you know, to 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 watch a five twelve matchup to see you know which of these is more likely to make the final four. That's not. There's no the the winner of the five twelve mm-hmm. games aren't going to make it no, to the final four. No. <laughs> it's not in, in rare cases is, are those games meaningful, but the the drama of it is so rich mm-hmm. and it's such compelling entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I just I one of the concerns is would it be is college football so top heavy? Would you get a, a repeat of this year's or last year's college football playoff where? Those games were dreadful. Mm-hmm. Michigan and Cincinnati were not competitive at all, and that was once they reached their Final Four. You know, uh, but but that would be okay. So does does the one ver- in a twelve team playoff? Does one versus twelve, or I don't know, maybe there'd be a buy. So maybe it'd be five versus twelve, yeah, six so eleven, be, kind yeah, of five twelve. You so have like, to do it that way. So that, that becomes. And I really, I really like that because I think it puts a playoff game with with what a lot of people are talking about with that sort of a format. Is it puts a playoff game at a home field, so yeah. the fives hosting the twelve at their own stadium. True. And can you just imagine yeah. what the atmosphere would be like going to that game? Yeah. Um, so I think that's pretty fun. But I mean, like realistically, how do you see that? Does the group of five champion always be the twelve seed, or because they won technically their conference championship, right? would they be hosting a game? And I think there's a lot of things that, like, you have to work out with that. Because a lot of times, you know, like, yeah, we all think Boise State's good, but say, you know, the 12 teams, a two-loss SEC team or a two-loss Big Ten team, I mean, realistically, that team's probably better than Boise State yeah. on any given year. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, use the use the CFP rankings again. I mean, so Cincinnati this last year would have earned a, a well, they may have earned a bye mm-hmm. as the four. So they, they wouldn't have been, you know, they would, they would have earned their way into a, you know, I guess a quarterfinal Sugar Bowl or whatever that would have been or a semifinal, I don't know the breakdown. But, yeah, if you have a, a sour year where a group of fives is producing – you know, a, a two loss or a three loss Boise State or Houston. And in my then, opinion, yeah, that team. Seed. And in my opinion, though, that team shouldn't be in. Like that team doesn't deserve to be in the college football playoff. If, if the best the group of five can produce is a two three loss yeah, team, I think that's totally no. reasonable. Does there need to be a, an automatic spot? I don't think there necessarily needs to be. Yeah, and it, it's hard because if you say, well, they have to be undefeated or they have to be one loss to be considered then i feel like that puts a lot of gray area and the group of five is just going to be like well we're going to leave them out because this team and i I feel like we're then back to where we're at today i think the group of five can produce a top 12 oh yeah and should be i mean we've seen that most years with ucf and cincy recently um so i i don't have an issue with that um at the very least they're usually a top 15 team Mm -hmm. so um, yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that would just make it more... And, and I would that kind of a playoff, I would not expect any different outcome. I would expect Georgia and Alabama to yep. rule. <laughs> Me too. That. But, hey, at least I'm throwing on an interesting... Um, You're going to have more drama. Michigan versus Clemson game, you know, in a five... You, in, you in might have Michigan-Ohio State in yeah. a playoff game. Yeah. And how fun would that be? Because <laughs> I, think, I think some of the, some of the arguments against... All of this, and I'm not a part of those committee meetings, obviously. But <laughs> well, why not? Yeah, get on that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we're writing off player safety as even a consideration. I, I think that's a joke if anyone thinks that's uh, a feasible argument against expansion, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, and against you know revenue opportunities, I don't think play, player safety has a chance. I don't, right? So yeah, uh, the. The oppositions to expanding would be, you know, I think if you're an SEC, if you're a, if you're an athletic director at Ohio State or Alabama, you probably have no interest in expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know who makes those, you know, what uh, competition committee members or or their, um, uh, you know, preferences lie. But uh, for for the general sports fan and and producing the most drama possible it seems like it's an obvious uh likelihood that in the next 10 years there'll be continued expansion even Mm -hmm. in light of i know there's i don't know what the news was but i know there was a little bit of a hit to ongoing expansion this off season Mm -hmm. i don't remember the specifics i don't pay attention that well but yeah i think it was kind of they were they were really talking about and then once um oklahoma and texas kind of made their announcement that they were moving to the SEC, it kind of killed it for the time being, because um, I think they were going to vote on expanding it for, well, not, it wouldn't take place this year, but I think in 2024 or 2025, it would have expanded to eight teams, but okay. I think they kind of just put a hold on it, because okay. they're like, I don't, right. we don't know what's going to happen yeah. with college football, and nobody does, but yeah, I mean, I think expansion ultimately would just make college football more fun and get more fans involved because i mean ultimately it's a very regional sport like two teams in the north of the country in ohio and michigan and then a couple teams in the south really and that's about that's that's the region (laughs) that are really really have that actual chance of winning a championship And, and college football is kind of the only sport in my opinion where week one like 85% 85% of the teams are automatically eliminated from right. winning a championship right. before kickoff has even started. Right. And that's not right. I don't think that's how sports should be in general. Mm. You know, I mean, we'll take the NBA. I mean, as of today, the Kings have a chance to be the 2023 <laughs> NBA Finals champion. It's extremely unlikely, but there's a chance. Yeah, yeah. and you can you can argue the same for, I mean, give on March 1st, any college basketball program hey you're an 11 game winning streak away from the national championship mm-hmm. yeah idaho state can yeah. win an <laughs> um, will it happen probably not but where where you're right about college football 85 percent in spite of a 12 and 0 season in a conference championship won't even sniff it mm-hmm. and there's reasons that's and it's it makes sense but it's one of my beefs <laughs> but you know we're also complaining like realistically we get the best teams in the championship yeah. game every year yeah. with college football. I don't like that argument because it's not as fun, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it's a compelling point. Yeah. 
But the fun factor in college football, as we've talked about, is elsewhere. It's showing up mm-hmm. a couple hours early and getting a little loose with your city and, and, yeah. uh, and it connects with, with your community in ways that uh, the other sports just don't, yeah. I think. Um, okay, so it's it's obviously a little early for for season preview material. Mm-hmm. We're, we're in late June, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious what you think uh, an ideal, like within reason... It's it's January 2023, and we're looking back on on the latest Boise State season. What are what are a couple of bullets that you would like to see to say, yeah, that was a good year? We have to be Oregon State, okay? <laughs> okay. You have to be Oregon State, <laughs> really? Okay. This well, and when you look back, we've struggled to power five opponents um, in recent history. So we need to get that. We need to always beat the power five teams, okay. especially when they're you know middle to bottom of their conference. We need to beat those teams if we want to show that we are still the group of five power and a power in college football in general. So beating Oregon State, beating BYU. Amen. Because <laughs> um, BYU, I think, you know, I was looking at BYU's schedule, and I don't think BYU is going to be undefeated when we play them. But if BYU is undefeated and we're, you know, one loss undefeated, there's a good chance that, that's your big noon kickoff game. Yeah, that that'd be a blast. Be, and that would be really cool to go to. Um, but you always have to beat BYU. Yeah. Um, and then win your conference. Like, if you okay. won the conference, yeah. I think that's a successful season. Um, I think I don't think there's any reason that Boise State should ever be outside of the group of five champion conversation. I don't think they need to win it every year. That's not... It's not going to happen um, as much as we want it to. But they need... Their brand is so strong. They are traditionally a college football powerhouse since 2000, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to always maintain um, maintain yourself in that conversation. But I think if we're playing for the conference championship, um, and we have 10 wins... I think that's a pretty good season. Um, you know, I think you always have to just factor in that one game where you're just, where the hell did they go? Like, where did they go? What happened at this yeah. game? And you just never know what's going to happen with Air Force. They always have our number. I don't know what it is with that team. And I don't know what it is with this team that can just never stop the triple option. Um, but I think if you're looking at a 10-2 and two season, you played in the championship game ideally win the championship game and you're playing in the la bowl that's a pretty good year um i'd like to see us just freaking play in a bowl game (laughs) though because play in like let (laughs) let the game happen (laughs) and more than just seven minutes in uh, the fort worth yeah yes. like an actual completion not only just yes. the start of the i want i would just want to see the fourth quarter oh, buzzer buzzer sound yeah. of a bowl game yeah. um <laughs> i think that's a good season um i'm very curious about the group of five um because when i'm looking at some of the schedules of the american teams and i think the american gets more love from than the mountain west um from a yeah. media perspective and from the committee's perspective but their schedules aren't very tough um I think, you know, we we have a brutal Mountain West schedule. I mean, we mm-hmm. play the best teams in the Mountain West this year, um, and we don't play many of the cupcakes. So, I like, if we, we could get undefeated, I don't think that... I mean, just doing a quick look at scheduling earlier this week, I don't think there's a way that you can really keep us out of that conversation for the for the uh, whatever the New York's, New Year's mm-hmm. Six game is. Yeah. 
that's your dream situation this year. Twelve and out, you're winning a major New Year's Six game. Yeah, that, that would be the um, the ceiling, and that would be a blast. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, twelve and out is not going to get you into the playoff, unfortunately. Uh, kind of got to stack two years <laughs> two, in a row. Two, two, yeah. and and that might not be enough. Right. So, right. Um, yeah. So if if you know ten and two. Play in the Mountain West Championship, win the Mountain West Championship, play in a bowl game, win your bowl game. I'm happy with that season. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would just really like to see the offense improved. Um, I was really frustrated with our offense last year when you have, um, in media days, the offensive coordinator coming out and saying, we're not going to look at the scoreboard until we hit half a hundred. Hmm. I don't even know how many games we actually hit half a hundred last year. I don't even, I don't know if there was one. So. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I just see improvement from the offense. I think our defense will still be solid, and I think our defense will will be the reason we win a lot of games and be the powerhouse that Boise State is. But I think our offense, our offense is going to show the nation what this team can do if it lives up to its expectations. Mm-hmm. And I think with a healthy George Halani and improved offensive line, um, a healthy offensive line. Um, and if Hank can have that year where he just looks like the quarterback that he looked like when he brought us back against Florida State, if he can put together that year with no just, like, what the hell happened, Hank? Like, what did you do there? If we can put together – if he can put together a season like that, I mean, this team's going to be good. And this team's going to be really fun to watch. And at the end of the day, I mean, it's entertainment. If they're mm-hmm. fun to watch, if they're competing – and they're winning games, I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, 10 total wins, including postseason, is kind of like a benchmark number. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think if we, if we you know, assuming we win the Mountain West Championship game and then play in a bowl game, you got to win 11 games. I think 11 games is yeah. where where you're looking really happy. I meant more just like the regular season. But yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. I think, yeah. And that's, this is just for, for, my, for me. I think 10... Anything less than 10 total would be like, uh, it's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think, see, I put a lot less, I'm going to choose to put a lot less weight in the Oregon State game. I think that's kind of a coin flip. In I don't know what to think mm-hmm. or expect. Oregon State's better. Yeah. We'll yeah. see. And who knows? I always, I always have a little bit of cushion for the first game of a season, which seems like it can be so chaotic. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get. Um, I'd like to see the uh, the UT-Tennessee-Martin game yeah. and the Oregon State <laughs> flipped on the schedule. Yeah, no kidding. But um, um, Sometimes I can play to Boise State's advantage. Mm-hmm. I think like they've been pretty solid in season openers. Mm-hmm. At least the first two quarters of last year's season opener were, mm-hmm. were good. Yeah. Um, but I think... I think this will be a big ask, but an undefeated home season, Mm. that would be, that's kind of a a thing that I think would be uh, the appropriate rebound from a three loss home season last year. It's a tough home schedule. Yeah. I I mean, you got the defending conference champion, you got BYU, San Diego State, and Fresno with sneaky Colorado State mixed in. uh, That's a, that's a tough six and oh. Yeah. I don't know. And if you're going six and zero at home, there's <laughs> with this home schedule. There's no reason you're going three and three on the road. Right? Three and three on yeah. the road. Yeah, I mean you should. I mean realistically, you should be winning I mean, all your road games but, too with but, the teams we're playing on well, the road. Reno, Reno's you know, tough. And Laramie, tough Laramie, Laramie is late tough one. November is a tough one. Air Force is going to be difficult. 
Mm-hmm. And then what am I missing? And then Oregon State. And uh, New Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. And UTEP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, pl- competing in the conference title game and, yeah, playing in a bowl game that reaches its completion. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it'll be fun. We'll see. We'll, we'll have to stay connected throughout the Oh, yeah, for sure. And, for sure, and, yeah. Uh, it's fun. It's fun to get the juices flowing on, on college football here, even in late June. Yeah. Yeah. Media days are not too far away. That's got to be what three or four weeks out, yeah, even that. Like that. And then, uh, and I, I do a trash job. I'll be locked in on uh, Padres baseball <laughs> well into October this year. Who knows? It's a long way from that. But um, I, I always, I'm slow, slow arriving with my intention uh, or attention and energy. Through fall camp, I'm usually well. It's still here in mid to late June. I mean, anything can still happen in oh, camp. Yeah. We don't we don't know who's going to be starting. We don't know. Uh, yeah. We don't know what injuries could yeah. potentially happen. I mean, there's a lot that can happen between now and um, September third. Yeah. So we'll we'll definitely we'll we'll, we'll be uh, teammates throughout the the fall. Hopefully, for sure, for sure. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it. So so to wrap up, uh, Keegan. Keegan Murray, see the answer in Sacktown. He is the perfect <laughs> player to play with Sabonis and Fox. You know, he's kind of your three uh, and D type player. Defense is a is a pain point on this team and has been forever. It seems like, um, and just hitting a guy where you know Fox can drive to the basket and kick out to a stretch four for a three. That's gonna be big for this team. I don't think Jaden Ivey would have been um, the perfect pick in Sacramento. What I would have loved for Sacramento to do is the day they got that fourth pick, they say, we're picking Chet Holmgren, Paolo Bancaro, uh, Jaden Ivey, or um, Jabari Smith. We're yeah. picking one of those four, yeah. whoever's left. Yeah. And that just raises the value of that pick. So then a team like um, Detroit or... Um, Indiana is coming in, and they're saying, oh, we, we'll give you quite a bit if yeah. you give us number four. They didn't really play it that way, and obviously leaks happen, um, and it seems like the Kings are always on the bad side of a leak where it's you hear you do hear the truth come out of the Kings organization a lot, <laughs> um, which is good from a fan perspective, kind of, but you you know you, you got to bluff a little bit. Your front office has to bluff a little bit. And I just would have liked to see them get some value of the pick. I didn't like how they essentially sold their number 37 pick for a guy who... And the guy who was picked at 37 was a potential um, late lottery, mm-hmm. like around top 20 pick. You're getting that, that value at 37. Why, why not take a flyer? Um, and I get like wanting to keep roster flexibility. Um, but I was, I was very underwhelmed with just how the draft ended in Sacramento and I was I was very upset when that pick happened um not necessarily with the player that we got because I love him as a player um but just the way it went down Mm -hmm. and and it was just there was so much hype around it there were so many trade rumors around Sacramento and nothing happened so it was just kind of a letdown too (laughs) I, I do did the Kings get better yeah they got better um this last Thursday but I think a lot of the teams around them got better too. Portland, San Antonio, um, 
you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens in Utah with Gobert and uh, and Donovan Mitchell if they'll still be together. Um, so you, and the West is just so tough. And to make that 10 seed in the West is really, really hard. And, I mean, the Kings have missed that 10 seed by a combined six games in the last two years. So, I mean, they don't have to improve drastically to get to 10. Mm. But, I mean, if if they're not... If we're looking at 17 years of not making the postseason, there's you almost just have to blow up the roster at that point and actually do a real rebuild. Because Sabonis will probably want to walk. Probably De'Aaron Fox is going to demand a trade um, and want to go play somewhere else. So, I mean, at that point, you just really need to blow it up, get picks, do kind of what Oklahoma City is doing. Um, I really like what Houston's doing. Um, I, I was really interested in to what uh, Detroit did. I, I really liked how they drafted Ivy to pair with Cade Cunningham. Um, they're going to have such a fun backcourt. Um, but the, just a lot of these teams that rebuild correctly rebuild around youth and draft picks. And the Kings never really have done that. Hmm. And when the times they have tried to do that, they've missed epically on their draft by taking Bagley over Luka, by taking Jimmer Fredette over Clay Thompson. Um, I'm not going to blame them for Kawhi and Giannis because I don't think anybody thought that they would be the players that they are today, but Thomas Robinson over Damian Lillard. Yeah. Um, and telling Damian Lillard, hey, we are going to pick you, and then yeah. you don't pick him. So, I mean, they're just a frustrating franchise to follow, <laughs> but, you know. Got a, got a good buddy who's been on and who will continue to be on, uh, Jordan. A uh, big Mavericks guy and an mm-hmm. NBA niche fan who is, you know, he's an NBA encyclopedia. I'd love to get the two of you together talking Mavs, Kings, yeah. and you know, uh, there's there's some good material that the two of you could drum up. I appreciate yeah. a, a fan that has the the history and the um, context for their respective team and the league in general yeah. that you have. Well, and this last year was actually like probably the first year where, like. I will say that I am always going to be a Kings fan. As long as they are in Sacramento, I mm-hmm. will be a Kings fan. But they were, like, I didn't mind missing games last year. Mm-hmm. Like, they were just a frustrating team to watch. Like, I wasn't going to base my schedule around Sacramento Kings basketball. Yeah. And that was the yeah. first year, really, that in my, in my fandom of this team. Like, even growing up, like, my family and I, like, we... Like, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So that was, like, our big form of entertainment was just watching the Kings games. Um at night on TV and I always just ingrained that even when I was going to college in Boise like I was always figuring out how to uh to stream the games Mm -hmm. and get figure out how to get the games here in Boise and last year is the first time I did not do that and I didn't I hardly followed like King's Twitter on Twitter like I I just kind of took a break from it so my knowledge of the team actually really isn't that sound this year um but I'm hoping that we can put together a better team and just just compete, you know, and, and tr- make the plan. Like, uh, freaking 20 out of 30 yeah. make the postseason, guys. Come on. Like, yeah. you can figure it out. Yeah, I, I'll be making my first trip to the Golden One Center sometime Good. this year. Good. Um, it's a fun place to watch it a looks, game. It looks awesome, and mm-hmm. right in, nestled in downtown. Mm-hmm. It looks like a really great venue. I didn't realize that the previous uh, arena was so far out, kind of by the yes. airport. I, I learned that uh, just in my last visit to Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
the NCAA tournament will be hosted at the Golden One Center mm-hmm. next year. The first and second rounds are going to be in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. So I've already told Katie, like, we got to go. <laughs> We're going. My, my birthday mm-hmm. happens to fall like the same weekend as oh, the first uh, two rounds of the NCAA tournament, the, the opening weekend. So that's like probably going to be a lifetime of. Uh, privilege being able to mm-hmm. request uh, <laughs> going for and use my birthday as the this is what I'm asking for yeah. get to the nearest uh, first and second round because I got to make it out to, to Portland uh, oh, my, so. my, my family's in Portland and, and my mom actually works for the Moda Center oh, as, nice. as an okay. usher now so she was you know getting us buy nosebleeds and find a way to sneak down into the lower bowl for, for those games and, mm-hmm. uh, you know it's been in Boise a couple times I've been able to, to be at the first and second rounds when it's been hosted at uh, Pavilion slash Taco yeah, Bell Arena I'd slash love Extra to see Mile that come back. so much fun it's just such a fun uh, the town was buzzing oh that goodness. weekend. I mean that that travel experience of going to Portland. We also went down to Las Vegas for the Mount West tournament. So okay. it was kind of those back to back weekends that led me to say like, okay, I've got to capitalize on just the the energy that that mm-hmm. creates for for myself and for others in the community that yeah. can get behind. You know, you know, let's show up in in uh, in, in Sacramento next year and uh, find a way to produce more kind of material, whether it's short form or podcast mm-hmm. or whatever, just some way to to uh, take the the potential energy that I feel in my stomach, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, when uh, for the NCAA tournament uh, and make something of it that can kind of engage more people. Um, this kind of some of what has produced what this is here mm-hmm. this afternoon. Um, anyway. That all started from my excitement to go see the Golden One Center next year and, and a continued celebration for Sacramento. I'm glad that they got the, the, the new venue downtown, yeah. and that would be so fun. Uh, they can win some damn to, games. To, in have, to have the Sacramento Kings <laughs> matter again, bring the cowbell back, oh, yeah. uh, you know, the ghost of Rick Adelman in, mm-hmm. in the rafters. I'm sure he's alive and well. I don't oh, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, but, um, uh, and, and bring back because yeah, my, my formative years, my you know eight, nine, ten years old. I remember watching uh, those those Kings Lakers games in mm-hmm. the early two thousands, and it'd be fun to have that back. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was the team that really got me inspired to love basketball and to want to play basketball. Um, it's just kind of sad <laughs> that I don't I don't want to like call it a toxic relationship, but as as much as like a sports as sports can be toxic, like. Being a Kings fan is my toxic trait. I have that with the Padres. I'm gonna, I'm gonna flip on the, the Padres game here, and it's gonna that's gonna uh, impact my emotions for the next two or so hours. Yeah, and, yeah. And just consider yourself lucky that the NBA only has 182 games rather than 162, which is uh, 82 games. That, yeah, yeah, 82 80. for NBA. What did I say? 182. Oh yeah. No, thank you. For, yeah. I couldn't put myself through that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A good postseason run in baseball, you get to 182. Oh yes, yeah. that's, oh, that's yeah. not good for the my stomach lining. So nah, I wish I could get into baseball so my summers could go by a little quicker. I, I I have like I root for the Giants, but I'm not invested in them at mm-hmm. all. I don't think I can name three players. I think I can name Logan Webb and Brandon Crawford. Hey. And that's about it. <laughs> hey. That's, that's more than most. The the Giants are. Uh, at least lately, not, uh, having, not the, doing super well. They're win- I mean, they they're winning. They're they're in it, and even last year with I mean, they had Buster Posey, but the the wins per you know like uh, uh, marquee name, like the Giants don't have any big name. Mm-hmm. They don't have a really yeah. high payroll that I'm aware of. Yeah, uh, they made it to the. What would that be NLCS? Or? Yeah, the, the division series, and they should have beat 
yeah. LA in that. Yeah, that guy did not swing. That guy did not <laughs> no, swing he didn't. that strike three, but. Um, <laughs> uh, not, he's most certainly did not. But the, the Giants, it's kind of cool. I mean, it's not as a Padres fan, but mm-hmm. uh, for low star power, mm-hmm. high win total. That's a very efficiently run organization, and it's a good it's a good franchise to get behind if you want to jump in and, and uh, watch meaningful baseball in September and October. Well, one <laughs> of the things with baseball that I think is really tricky they don't market their stars at all. Yeah. And it's just something that I don't really understand. Like, I mean, I'm not even a casual fan, but I mean, I know who Fernando Tatis is and uh, Shohei Otani and um, Mike Trout and Bryce Harper, but those, like, as far as star power, like, those are probably the only four players, like, I can just really think of off the top of my head. And, um, I know there's more stars in baseball than that, so yeah. if they don't market them, it's kind of frustrating. Yeah, it's you know each sport is different. I think I agree with that. I think they're doing better. I think as far as um, marketing uh, individual players, I think the the teams that win are not the teams that have the stars in many cases. I mean, the Angels are the best example. You have the two probably most exciting players, and the Angels are, and neither of them, Otani and Trout, have not. Otani has yet to make it to the postseason, and Trout has played three playoff games in his, you know, like 10 year career. Uh, you, you know, you sit down and you turn on a baseball game um, that has Mike Trout or Tatis Jr. or Vlad Guerrero Jr. in it, you might. You might need to sit for 15 minutes before you see them perform. You know, they, their spot in the order isn't due up, or they're not, you know, engaged in defensively. The ball isn't coming to them. Mm-hmm. You know, you, where you throw on an NFL game, you know, the quarterback you're watching the entire yeah. time. You put on it. That's, an that's NBA a very game, true you, point. You're going to be watching them within 90 seconds. I think that's one of the the features of baseball that make it difficult to market stars. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm with you, and, and then you know, the the postseason thing, like. And part of that is the the national sports attention moving to football, understandably mm-hmm. so. In the fall, baseball takes its, you know second seat, you know behind both NFL and college football. Come October, mm-hmm. it's it's most compelling time, um, and that that contributes to it too. Um, but I, I hear you. I'm with you. I think I think there's there's a lot of personality. There's a lot of star power that could be um, lifted. You know, the NBA does it better than any. Mm-hmm. You know, the the the, the player run league mm-hmm. is the NBA. Yep. Um, yep. And the NFL, it's it, it's owner <laughs> run league. It seems. Um, but the NFL doesn't. The, the NFL sells itself. We love yeah, football so much in America that. It, it's become tradition. Like yeah. Sundays here in the fall, you're watching it's, football. It's so consumable. Mm-hmm. Like the it, once a week, and the the you know, Joe sports fan. I mean, I, I, I'm, a, I'm more than an average NFL observer. I, I, I get into it mm-hmm. and, and follow it closely. But you know, I, I can name thirty NFL quarterbacks. Give me a, give me a week or two to get reoriented to who is where this mm-hmm. year. But uh, you know, you can you can list off all all thirty teams. Uh, quarterbacks pretty easily where you know most casual sports fans are going to struggle to name one Indiana Pacer mm-hmm. or one you know Detroit Piston yep. or for East Coast fans I'm sure they don't know anything about Sacramento yeah, they, they, don't, they, don't, they don't even know where Sacramento is <laughs> yeah. on the map maybe <laughs> yeah. so um, well cool hey I we've been rolling for 
an hour 20, which is awesome. Yeah, um, yeah it's fun. Yeah. I appreciate so, you for having me on and showing my uh, my vision some love a little bit oh, yeah. and getting that out there as well. Yeah, it's easy to find. I was like, yeah, this is the kind of person I'd want to chat with. And, and yeah, your, your approach to being a sports observer and fan is the kind that's easy to get behind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll stay in touch. And yeah, and I'd love to have you on if I... If I do podcasting, mm-hmm. I'd love to have you on and, um, you know, I'd love to come on again. So Good stuff. All right, Tyler Schaefer. Thank Schaefer. you for, <laughs> for joining and won't be the last time. So uh, we'll do it again soon. Perfect. Well, thank you. You bet.